Hi, welcome to Isolating with My Therapist Mom. I'm Lexi. And I'm Anna, the therapist and the mother. So, we're back here in Florida, or you are. Um, not isolating, but just down here um, for a short break. Um, lovely to have you. And we realised, because we thought about just doing this as another one-off uh, podcast, that it's been five months since our last conversation. Yeah. And you went back uh, pretty much, I think, the day before New York opened up. Yeah, first week in June. June. Yeah. And now five months later you're down here and yet more stuff's happened and we're not going to cover it all because this isn't a news summary or a news yeah. <laughs> article. Let's but just hey. say <laughs> racial justice moments are still happening, um, elections have happened and, yeah. um, and one COVID thing, yeah. is still here. COVID is still here. And one thing we realised in preparing for this, and in fact we did a trial run, well we did a actual started the podcast, realised we are still in transition. Nothing has yeah, changed, but it's to summarize, this, yeah. To summarize the last five months feels a really pressured activity because to, to even summarize both the events, how you feel going back to certain moments, like there's been such yeah. heaviness of different things that to to wrap it up and share opinions at this point when I feel like, is that really what I think? Is that yeah, still like what yeah. I believe? I'm not sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it reminds me of something uh, somebody said, uh, Ronnie, actually a friend who said, I am going to be processing this year for the rest of my life. Yeah. And you think that is probably true, yeah. which takes the pressure off that we yeah. have to have it sorted and know what we think about everything because just like you, everything is in flux. Yeah. And... We now talk about the old world. Met with somebody this morning who said uh, we were talking about last Christmas. We were in Paris and Barcelona as a family. And mm. it's like that was only, you know, six weeks away from now we were flying. It's like that feels such a mm. long while ago. Yeah. And there's still flux. And it resonated with me how you're never certain in life anyway, which we've mm. often said. Um, yeah, but I yeah. mean, you might not be certain in life, but you've there's larger systems or infrastructure that you rely on, yeah, even if you have your own personal uncertainties, yeah, unless you're really hit with a massive thing, we don't have national or worldwide flux as we have this yeah. year, yeah, absolutely. So again, I know for both of us, we've talked at different points over the last five months about practices that we've been putting in place in our lives. Um, and we got onto talking the other day about forest bathing, having a bath in the forest. <laughs> I'm not sure how we got onto that, but um, you were saying you love being down here because of the trees, the nature. Mm. And oh, I remember you the first day you walked out and you came back and you were like visibly different. You yeah. were calmer. And you said, oh, this is so good. Well, it's something um, I can actually rely on. Like, ironically, because obviously nature changes all the time. But at least... There's, there's a thing that like I can let go of being in control or I can feel safe in a surrounding or 
yeah, there's just something that feels just so grounding and so yeah. centering to be in an environment of around trees. Like, yeah. So yeah. the evidently the art of forest bathing is a mm-hmm. Japanese practice. Um, but I found out about a, a, a couple of years ago, and it's called uh, Shinrin Yoku in Japanese. I'm not a Japanese speaker, so it's probably nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But evidently, it's a practice that is encouraged to kind of... Uh, it actually changes your metabolic system and your cardiovascular system, uh, lowers your uh, pulse rate, your heart rate, um, and it's because the trees, the, the nature of the trees, actually release something called phytoncides. And again, I'm not sure the pronunciation of that, but it actually produces something that when they measure people's vital signs before they go into a forest, and actually you meander. So you're you not just... actually having a bath in a forest? Uh, no, Lexi. Okay. No, we don't take Can a, we break down bath. what this is? Okay, this is you go and wander in the forest. Okay. And you go wherever you le- feel led. You don't have a path that yeah. you go. I feel like I do that all the time. Right. Yeah. And what do you feel like afterwards? I know you go to Central Park a bit, don't you, when you can? Yeah, I feel so much more peace. I feel yep. just emptied, like everything that was maybe in me boiling up of something or, or thoughts. It just feels, yeah, yeah. A, a serenity. Yeah. So isn't it funny that now it's like it's a science and it's a thing and you said yeah. you've a podcast with somebody talking about yeah. it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it comes back to, I'm reading Rob Bell's book, Everything is Spiritual. And it's like, yeah, everything is spiritual. Because the moment you start saying something is spiritual and something is not, mm. it's like we say there's categories and there's lines. And it's like, therefore, you know, there's things that are not spiritual. They're not holistic. They're mm. not almost full of truth. Whereas actually everything is there and nature is there. Yeah. And... Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go off on a tangent. So but. I mean, that's all very well, but living in New York, <laughs> yeah. even in Central Park, there are many people there within are. this bath. There are, there are, <laughs> and not and you don't always want people in your bath. No, so, so you have to find your own yeah. little bath down here. So, maybe. but yeah, yeah, I think for me, um, I feel freedom in. I felt more freedom in being gentle with myself and not judging how I'm feeling, even if that's pretty bad or spiraling or whatever yeah. other therapy things you can say are happening to you. Yeah. But in this time, especially just allowing them to happen, but then not judging them on top of that. Yeah. And, and then feeling a freedom of like the, just what I need at that moment. So maybe that yeah. goes back to the forest of just like, hey, I want to turn this way. I want to do it that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I got lost. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And then you get lost and then you get found. Yeah. That's a deep metaphor yeah. there, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah, you mentioned me going back to New York. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, so basically I came back and you were asking me earlier, like, what... Um, you know, what was my first few days like, or yeah. my week like. Yeah, and, what did you do and, when you got back? Yeah, basically... We talked about doing your cupboards. We were going to FaceTime, and then I was going to help you sort your clothes. Yeah, I think that, that was done? more something you wanted to do oh. than I oh. wanted to do. <laughs> I had that in my back pocket as worst-case scenario if I was really locked in my house and couldn't get out. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, the first day back, honestly, I was a maniac, and I was 
all over the shop. I basically, um, I felt ironically for me to feel at peace, I had to know all the surroundings because I'd missed a whole his- historical chapter of my city yeah. going through COVID, going through protests. And I felt like I'd been on the sidelines for a lot of that. I hadn't right. been at the front lines of any of it. So I really wanted to get out of my house and like explore what my city was like and experience yeah. that and see it for myself and like be show up there. So I did a bike ride actually and the whole city oh, was shut cool. down. There's like no sounds of cars. It's not New York anymore. It's so I can hear birds. Bike lanes? bike lanes or bike lanes, but there was loads of roads just shut down as well. Right. Like hardly any cars. So quiet. Every shop boarded up. Right. Very few people out. Every you know everyone wearing masks, which in Florida I hadn't seen fully like a whole city with masks kind of thing. And um and then yeah, just like definitely a sense of fear, but then also a sense of like quiet and then. Um, and then you suddenly hear sounds of protests and you hear the, you know, Black Lives Matter chants and like the, the bell sounds and all those kind of loud noises and chants and drums and, and song. And so I went and just actually stumbled upon a protest, wasn't even intentionally really aiming for it. And then I stood at the back and like listened to some of the speeches, which were really moving and just hearing people talk and, and actually, that was, like, one of the most, like, I was, like, okay, like, so, yeah, the 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 sense of fear that I was hearing all over the news was not there at all in this. Right. People were so, like, being kind to each other and giving each other space and everyone was wearing a mask. And, um, yeah, and then, but I was freaking out because I was, like, what's, I kept asking myself, what is the right thing I should be doing right now? Right. Should I be in the protests? Should I stay longer? Should I go the whole way through the city until <laughs> until dusk? Or is it enough that I've just been in here for a bit? Or have I like, you know, should like, or should I be, you know, getting to know where I can now get my groceries from? Or like what, what, what shops are shut now? Or should I go and see friends? Or, you know, and then I went to the park and I remember at night, meeting a friend there and I was like wow and then there's all this social life in parks now like because there's no bars there's (laughs) nothing open at night so all my friends go with a bottle of wine to a park and now at 10 p.m the whole (laughs) park yeah the whole park is lit up of just people on blankets isolated like social distance like picnics at 10 p.m on a Saturday night I'm like this is New York now the only option for this crazy 24-hour city is now a park So that was, yeah. so I was definitely in the fight, flight, yeah. freeze so mentality. So how did you soothe that? Mm. What did you do with that anxiety? Well, it didn't help that also the nonprofit I worked with was closing down. So I haven't had as much work and I haven't like, I've been very like, just, yeah, felt a bit lost in feeling no purpose and like, what am I going to be doing? So honestly, I called... I called one of my closest friends, had a little bit of a meltdown and just cried that day and was like, I know this is so indulgent to cry because you have been here for months by yourself (laughs) and and I'm back for once. So first what I did was acknowledge that, but also let myself say the thing that was true because I was actually panicking. Like I was like, I don't, 
maybe I'm not strong enough to live in New York in this time. Maybe I should, maybe it was a mistake to come back to New York. Maybe I won't be be okay living in a one bedroom apartment by myself. Like, and, and also I don't know what I have to contribute to this time and, Mm. and, and how I can help Mm. which I think is actually feelings that you know I've felt and other people have felt everywhere it's Mm. like what am I doing am I doing enough what else could I be doing but this is what I have in front of me and focusing on what have I have in you know what do I have in front of me and what can I do with that do I pick that up yeah um yeah so I think I just I think the first thing was just being honest with myself saying I am drowning in my emotions right now and even though I want to feel like I can be really strong I can I can just be honest and call a friend and acknowledge the contradictions and and that this might I know I'm not in the worst case scenario but also I can't really function right now and I need some help and her just listening to me and absorbing that was the Mm -hmm. one of the most soothing things for me personally I feel like I didn't really need advice I needed just comfort of someone there and then and then yeah once I felt like more regulated I was like okay yeah then what as you say what what is in front of me what can I so then I started to you know meet with some friends that have conversations about um yeah all the different things that happened in that time and yeah 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 it's interesting isn't it it's actually that acknowledgement to do the self-discovery and to look inside which certainly growing up it was like no you just keep going or yeah do some good stuff yeah to get over and also like um yeah I think owning how you actually feel rather than what you should feel like is really important and then also my thing recently has just been moving from curiosity to um, from judgment to curiosity or from um fear so I had I I think um just being like yeah I feel really um yeah there's a lot of how can I be curious in this time so okay you're not having a you you're having an adventure in your world today because you are yeah. do not feel safe and you are all over the place and you don't think you can handle this mm. so so it's starting to stand back and notice because yeah. I've been doing that because I've um listening to something and they were saying you go round and round in your head and instead, drop down to your heart. Put your hand on your heart and say, mm-hmm. hold on, what's going on down here? And mm-hmm. I remember I was driving one day and was getting a bit more anxious about, you know, just am I going to get COVID or what should I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? And feeling, no, hold on, let me stand back. I'm feeling anxious. So, and I'm thinking all these anxious and worried thoughts. So instead, drop down to here. What is it I'm anxious about? Mm-hmm. What am I actually feeling um which was really quite helpful and acknowledging them and i think psychologically it enables your brain to disengage a bit Mm. as another strategy to step back yeah okay you know what's going on yeah but yeah yeah. so yeah so obviously yeah you you haven't had the environmental transition but you've been here and um and you've been you've got into a new thing haven't you what's that so somebody asked me to come and talk um with their partner who was dying 
and basically they talked to me a lot about the situation they were very concerned and they were being instead told to instead told to well give him antidepressants or give him this and I was saying well actually you need when you're in that space of dying um, to to feel what's going on and to be allowed to talk just as we were saying with you and um, so she ended up saying would I go and talk to him so I had a few sessions of going to spend time with this guy it was a real <coughs> real privilege um, <coughs> and and, it, and were you going with a therapist hat on or as a friend or what did um, you prepare or what, what was well, your it reminded me of somebody that <coughs> um, I know works as a <coughs> excuse me <coughs> It works as a death doula um, and a death doula and people know doulas from um, like people that bring babies into yeah, the world a yeah. maternity and a midwife a midwife yeah. a bit like a midwife but they're not quite a midwife but they they're present with the birth mm. and bring somebody into life and a death doula is somebody that helps somebody on that journey as life ends mm. and you move out of this life um and this i've heard it described as like a bookend like the 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 opening, opening and the closing, closing of your life yeah. and like yeah. that being connected yeah yeah absolutely um and yet in our culture we don't talk about death mm. um i mean even in the covid time you know it's just we just talk about somebody else has died yeah whereas there's lots of other cultures that go through rituals and in the Egyptian Egyptian culture um I've been reading you know in their even in their tombs when they were in their coffins when they were mummified there were directions about how to get to the other side mm. and what they should take with them and which was why it was so important what they put in the coffin to take with them but here it's like no nope, here we go boom huh. um in most a lot of western cultures um and so this is this isn't somebody that's medically trained although they would know what mm-hmm. to do but they're like the um concierge if you like that mm. runs kind of runs the process is there with somebody um and i so this this guy we know actually does this as a job and he just spends time with people answering questions letting it go whatever they want you can mm-hmm. kind of provide um and uh i came across this book and i talked to him for some advice you say was i going in terms of a therapist or whatever yeah um and he recommended a book a couple actually but one was called four things that matter mm. often at the end of life people um often want to say things to people mm-hmm. And he said there and this book talks about four things which are um please forgive me I forgive you thank you and I love you. Hmm. And I was talking to this gentleman about this and I ended up writing them down um in big letters because his eyesight wasn't particularly good and just left them on a card and we talked about maybe there might be things he want to say and he was telling me stories and i came back a, a, a while later and actually his wife told me that he'd met with his son and he'd said to his son his older son you know there's things i need to say i want you to forgive me and mm. his son evidently with tears said it's okay you know dad i forgave mm. you a long while ago um 
And it was really moving, but the book and the whole practice was about, we don't need to wait for death to say these things. Mm. And so it's actually been quite instrumental in my life with a particular person as well, oh. going through that with them. Um, because you don't need to wait to die to say, forgive me or yeah. I forgive you. And then a client of mine that I was seeing virtually um, said, oh yeah, I've been doing the Ho'oponopono practice, to which people go, what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's Pono practice. So I finally Googled what this was. Turns out it's an ancient Hawaiian ritual and there was music that played when I Googled it and guess mm. what the words were? Please forgive me. I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. And I love you. Or oh, whatever. <laughs> and it was like, this is, feels real core mm. wisdom. So that's been very interesting. Um, so it's helped me, encouraged me, <laughs> inspired me to look a bit more at death, what mm. that means, what it's like, how we deal with it when people yeah. are dying. Um, and then I came across, and all these things kind of come together, um, a new book out by Jodie Picoult that another friend recommended. And it's called The Book of Two Ways. Turns out, what does the leading character do? She's a death doula. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, really interesting how you... And it made me think about my mum's death. Um, In what When way? she was pretty young. Oh, realising, I think, how... How much she was, from my perspective, very alone, and there was none of that. It was all very spiritual, uh, in terms of the the you know, have you sinned and her confessing something very little because if she was, mm. if she could not her, say anything. Yeah, and it you know it was. What, much what do you more, mean she was alone? Well, it feels like there wasn't much talk of that kind of thing mm. in the lead-up to her dying. Like the interpersonal stuff. Yeah, like somebody guiding her, being there. Yeah. Now, I might have got it all totally wrong, and I don't really know, but yeah. I was 29-ish. Um, so it's actually what the fruit of it is. It's led me to sort of have conversations with her, hmm. which has been... With a your mum? Interesting, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> Have you had that before? Or is no, this... but wow. saying, you know, mum, I'm really sorry that I yeah. wasn't present enough. I mean, I was just, you know, I think I did the best I could. Yeah. Um, and probably all of us around her did the best. Yeah. And even when she was dying, I remember there was one thing she was saying, which was, she kept saying, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Mm. I don't know, we might even have touched this on another podcast, but... And then um, Doug saying that, you know, there's some verses of the ancient book of Ecclesiastes of wisdom. And it said, you know, there's a time to die. There's a time to, mm. be, time to be born, a time to die. Time to sow, a time to reap. Time to dance and a time to not dance. Mm. And she would keep saying, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Mm. Um, and I think that was her wanting to know, is it time? And a death doula part of their work is almost even to do meditations to ah. take you through what might happen so that wow. you're kind of in terms of the physiological stuff you know yeah. you begin to shut down um wow uh, so yeah that's yeah it. So, so you talking to your mum so do you feel is is that kind of similar to prayer to you in it being or or is it like a yeah. do you get a sense back or is it kind of a just kind of an out there thing yeah. or yeah. I mean it's interesting because we don't in you know my traditions ancestry talk about, yeah, yeah ancestry and yet you know 
even scripture talks about a communion of saints, mm. a cloud of witnesses around us. So yeah. it's like, no, again, there's more in this world than we yeah. can see or feel yeah. or touch. And you do do things sometimes, don't you? When you yeah. sense there's somebody else there and I don't know. It's so, like so yeah, so has it for you been similar to prayer or is it, what, how would you describe it to a Western person that hasn't, I think it would be a bit like yeah. I do in therapy and imagery when I get people mm. to talk to people who have gone past. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just more acknowledging, I think, yeah. and something as part of me where I came from. You know, there's so many more questions I want to ask her. Um, I don't know, maybe it's mm. worth asking. And, yeah. And I think it was also inspired because a friend of me, mine, we were talking about this on text and... She was showing me a letter that she found of her mum's, which had some deep wisdom on it. Mm. And uh, I was thinking, my mum, I've got some letters of hers, but they were much more concrete and practical. And I think that was her environment and mm. how she was brought up. And you go in the narrow, straight way, and it's all very mm. concrete. And yet, when she was dying, I remember she started to read a lot more. She said, oh, now I know why you and Dad love reading so much. Ah. You know, and thinking... But then you think, okay, but there's another life that she's in now, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, I don't yeah. know a lot more than I ever thought But that's I did. interesting that, yeah, kind of witnessing someone else's ending has made you think about your mums and, like... Yeah. That, and that actually you have access to her. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so so before in the past years, you, it, this is the first year you're directly saying mum, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, probably. And yeah. then in the same way, thinking of my grandma. Hmm. Um, and she lived with us for a while and I have some, some recollections of that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, and I think Doug's been doing a lot of family tree stuff in this yeah. time. And so again, you start to think back and I actually did a photo book of my mum's photos mm. up to when she was about 40. Um, so that was quite meaningful yeah. too. I think it's, I, that also makes sense to me. It's like, we're realizing that again, all the things that we, all the systems we rely on actually like underneath all of that is just connection. Yes. And like yes. we, as we like, um, let go of some of these big things that we do want we long for the big things to hold on to yeah but it's actually those connections that we're most like I proximate to yeah. and like yeah. and those like smaller things that matter and actually our own history and our own stories are the most powerful things we have yeah um yeah. and yeah, I I love that. That makes me want to look into our history too. Of like, yeah. I want to know. Yeah, like, who are these women that have come before yes. me? Like, who are these different generations? And like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard people. Yeah, and you're right. I think a lot of like, you know, Native Indian or like other cultures are like, you know, we pull on our ancestors' power yeah. and spirits, and yeah. and you know, it can sound a bit overwhelming, but actually, like. Yeah, you just saying, oh, mom, give me the strength to do this, or like, what, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I just, I kind of love that idea that, yeah, there's yeah. other. And realizing that there's part of me and my makeup, mm. which comes yeah. from her. Yeah. So, you know, and. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was very subversive in, I think, the way she used women power. I mean, women at the moment, gosh, well, there's a lot of changes. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, it's like this glass ceiling is yes. in the shutters. VP woman. VP Woo. woman. Immigrant well, woman. Yeah. 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 And so I think also it's, I, I've been finding this contradiction in myself coming back to New York is like, I, I long for a society that's more connected, that is more, doesn't rely so, so heavily on our systems of whether it's our economy or capitalism or like whatever, but actually is like leaning on each other and is more mutually reliant and interdependent. And like, I want to live in that world that, that people depend on each other. But then I have, and exactly what you're saying, like we can lean on these parts of ourselves that are from our history and other generations and I want to be part of like this collective and like belong to this like greater thing. Um, and I think in some ways, ironically, everything that's been stripped back in this time is actually revealing how communities can help each other without the the big systems in play or how we can do it differently. And I've seen like all the mutual aid groups in New York is massive is like neighbors getting together and saying, hey, this person needs help. Let's raise some money for them. Let's yeah. figure it out, like, between us and our neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then there's the other side of it's like, I really value my personal freedom and I really value being an individual. And I think, I don't know if it's, like, ego or it's healthy, like, individualism, but, like, or self-expression, but why, like, a part of me is, like, I don't want to believe that my great-grandmother that probably had totally different beliefs to me as part of me because I'm me <laughs> so what's yeah. that about oh I don't know I mean it just the word that comes through all that yeah. is there's a tension there's tension that we have yeah. to just hold it all and figure individualism it out. versus collective good yeah, yeah yeah I used to say balance but I don't think that's a good word no anymore. I don't it's think about it is tension and that's yeah. what you know, we live in, I love your word connectedness, because mm. I think if anything that's come through for this year as a theme, it would be, you know, connection and how we find it on a screen. Yeah, we need each other. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And that then means classic Brené Brown, it means mm. being vulnerable. Yeah. And when we, you know, when we're vulnerable, when we show up, it, it hurts and it's yeah. painful. So I've got to do a plug for Ted Lasso, which we introduced you to, this uh, Apple Plus TV yeah. show. Um, because this guy who, you know, is an American character, football yeah. coach ca- character that comes across to England to, clo- um, to coach a uh, English soccer team. And it's for women that don't like soccer or men that don't like soccer. It's not about that. It's it's about mm. his vulnerability as a person. Mm-hmm. It's his character. People show yeah. up. Yeah, it's character. And he shows up very imperfectly. And I think that's the thing as well is like, yep. that's what I was, even, even in these kind of conversations now in terms of like white privilege and like, you know, all of those, that realm is like having conversations with friends of mine, people of color. It's like, yeah, I'm very afraid I'm going to get it wrong. I'm very afraid that I'm not going to say the right thing, that I'm going to offend, that I'm not taking ownership, that I'm blind to certain things, that now we're having, we experience two different realities and they're too far apart. And how am I going to bridge that? And how, you know, and I'm desperately trying to find solutions that are, and actually all people need is you to be curious and show up. And then, yeah, I'm going to get it wrong. And I need to just be, I think what I'm learning is just like, it's better to just show up 
and do it imperfectly and be told, actually, I, I don't need to have this conversation with you. Or I'm so glad you asked me that because you've never talked about yeah. the fact that I've experienced racism my whole life and you haven't. And like, yeah. you've never acknowledged that. And like, and I've found that all my friends in having those conversations of all the, the direction of the conversation has gone totally differently because people are not the same. Even when they're all black, they're not the same. Yeah. Everyone has different life experiences. And so... Um, what I'm finding, yeah, especially in that realm of things at the moment is like, I just need to show up. I need to keep learning myself and I need to, um, yeah, just acknowledge and, when I mess up yeah. and like be imperfect. Yeah. And that really echoes some things that actually Jodie Picoult said in this book. She obviously did a lot of research about <laughs> dealing with dying and she was saying, you know, don't forget you know, nobody knows what to say to somebody who's dying because that's another situation. Mm. You don't know what to say. Either yeah. you say, oh, You're gonna, my... I'm going to mess it up. Yeah. Or yeah. you say, oh, my auntie died. I don't know right. what it's like. Or you say, oh, you're going to beat this cancer. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like, no, just be silent if you don't know what to say, yeah. but be there. Be there. But show up. And I think that is the worst thing people can say is the platitudes, is the things yep. that wrap it up in a bow because you've then spoken for them. And you actually haven't allowed them to give you any information or what they're dealing with. But yeah, as you say, yeah. asking a question. That's really good. That's exactly Asking what, a question yeah. or being Absolutely. quiet is the only way. And, yeah. I, and yeah. I'm learning more to do that. Yeah. And it's or hard do you because want... I like to talk. Yeah. Or, <laughs> even, uh, or even say, you know, do you, you know, do you want to talk about this right now? Yeah. For both cases. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, fascinating so yeah, well, I'm sure there's so much more we could cover. We yeah. don't know what's going to happen now. It's uh, yeah, earlyish mid November. Yeah. I don't know. We hope to meet up at Christmas, which would be interesting. Yeah. Just to see where we are then. Yeah. But an interesting for you to go back to New York now, which you've again missed yeah. some celebrations. <laughs> I know. I missed You're political the... celebrations. Some yeah. moments there. Um, I've definitely had fear of missing out, but I think also just. The city needs relief, like the yeah. the being able to exhale. You know, they've the city New York has had some of the worst of all yeah. the things, and like, and to just have release um, in that city, it sounds really powerful and a bit magical, really. So, yeah, I think I'm excited to go back. I love my city. I think I'm, you know, there's always dread and fear of. It, will things get worse and I'm job searching and I'm worried about that and winter yeah come. winter coming this winter is Game coming Thrones. isn't that Game of yeah. Thrones <laughs> but yeah as you say I just have to keep being gentle myself which is hard when I feel you know I'm not someone that has a, a raw deal of things in light like I'm yeah. pretty lucky in not lucky I'm like blessed with like what I have so and um, so I can't, I, yeah, but I'm realizing the more gentle I am with myself in saying, okay, yeah, I do feel overwhelmed or I do feel, you know, going back, then yeah, I'm going to be more gentle with other people. So yeah. that's, yeah, all yeah. I can do. But yeah, I'm, I'm also, I don't know, there's a bit of possibility now with a vaccine on the horizon and things like that feels yeah. like there's some, yeah. some hope in the air and um yeah we can only just focus on the small things and the people in our lives yeah what's within our reach yeah. what is in our hand what's again? in our hand yeah. yeah 
Well, good point to end. Well, we'll miss you again. It's been fun having you. <laughs> we'll go back to our stricter, okay, alcohol <laughs> in the week, uh, chocolate, ice cream. Yeah, I do alcohol every night of the week, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like... <laughs> yes. Yep, chocolate, alcohol. Oh, hey, dear. 2020. 2020, what a year. <laughs> Treat All yourself. Right. That's great. All right, thanks, Lexi. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting where we went. <laughs>